Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you guys. We're going to be talking about sales and building and generating revenue. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Welcome back, everyone, to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today, we have a great guest. We have Anthony Garcia. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm really excited to have you on the show today because we get to talk about a topic that I'm very excited about, which is sales. So I understand you have about 17 years of experience in sales, and I'd like to delve into the real knit and gritty of how sales are for people, commissions, corporate. Uh, why don't you start out by giving me a little bit of information about who you are, what you do, and what you do for your customers? Yeah, great. So I am a executive sales consultant. I've been in sales for 17 and a half, almost 18 years now. And I've covered multiple industries where I've been in direct to consumer sales, business to business. And now I work in a more complex sales, such as medical device sales. I, I took all the years that I've put together in training and managing teams and, and teaching sales and created my catapulting commissions brand, my catapulting commissions book. So now I do uh, executive high-end coaching, group coaching, keynote speaking, all on this concept of how to set effective goals for salespeople. So I, I really dive into the mental approach of getting into sales as opposed to some of the, the key sales strategies. That is something that I do do and I do help clients with that. But my core business is how to get people mentally prepared to take on a successful sales career. That's amazing. So you're working with multi-million dollar companies right now as a, as a leader, as a coach. How are you doing that? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I have, I have a team of, of direct reports that, um, you know, are all six figure individual contributors and sales professionals. So those, uh, I don't want to say guys, but those individuals that have males and females who work for me, um, I'm, I'm managing and mentoring those emotions on a daily basis, right? It's, it's my high impact group who drives this multi-million dollar business for, uh, my outside clients or people who are side of my immediate network, I typically do that consulting on a, you know, on a case by case basis or whether they're a coaching client. And then I, I help the leaders on the back end coach their sales team. So it's really, if, uh, if able, you were my client and you had a sales team of eight, 10 or say a hundred people and you, you wanted your back end, I would be your back end coach. We'd strategize together and it'd be your idea. You present I would just be the guy behind the scenes. Yeah. So, I mean, sales is a, is, is a paramount for a company to succeed and generate revenue. And it's one of the more difficult things to do. And so what are the key components that a salesperson needs? Yeah. So I think salespeople need to have a combination of, of a little bit of everything. But I think if you had to pinpoint three things that a salesperson has, and these are the three things that I look for when I hire somebody that work to work in my organization or hire somebody to work for me. Number one, I think above all is they have to have grit, right? A level of mental strength, mental fortitude to go through 
this industry of sales because there are peaks, there are valleys, right? I, I talk about it in my book. It's, you know, it's a commission pendulum, right? One month, you're a hero. The next month, you're a zero, right? One week, you can feel like you're untouchable. And the very next week, you can feel that nobody wants to buy your product or your services. And so it's really easy to want to quit on yourself in sales, right? And, and the only people who fail in sales are the ones who quit on themselves. So number one is to have to have that grit. Uh, number two, I think a salesperson needs a highly focused work drive. And when I say highly focused, I'll interview people all the time, Abel, and they'll come and they'll talk and say, hey, I have hard work ethic. I take initiative. You know, I get up, I work 12 hours a day. I work 14 hours a day. Well, that's great. But if it's not highly focused and you can't prioritize where you're spending your time, then you're just running through the motions. So I think that you have to be able to prioritize and have a high focus laser direction on where you're spending your time. And that's something that a salesperson has to learn immediately and implement immediately. Because if not, you could spin your wheels for 14 hours and not produce any revenue. So, you know, we call it key revenue activities, key revenue driving activities. Um, I'm sorry, key revenue driving activities or key performance indicators where you're trying to, to drive that highly focused work ethic in a direction with a strategy behind it. Okay. And I think the third thing that every salesperson needs is, is truly a level of, of <clears throat> a level of humbleness. And what I mean by that is we have to be students of our game. We have to be willing to say, I'm not the best and I'm going to continue to learn. So we call it either product expertise, process expertise, competition expertise, Anything that has relevant information within your sales industry, if you're not the expert at or you're not studying or training to be the expert at, your competition is and they're going to get better than you. you know, my, one of my very first sales jobs was teaching kids how to sell kitchen knives. Nonetheless, I was a young kid at the time too. I, I will shock people now. I'm you know, married, family, have the whole nine. But you put me in front of a kitchen with knives. I mean, I can make snow angels and farm animals out of fruit. I'm, I'm pretty gifted now. But that's because I dedicated to my craft nearly 18 years ago. So you're saying, you know, you need, you need to have that grit. You know, you need to be highly focused and you need to have that hunter mentality, right? So, you know, when you, when you have that grit, you're constantly hitting that ground running, you're going out there, you're, 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 you're pushing, you're pushing, and you have to have that focus, you know, that, that vision of where you want to be in your expertise, you know, the sales that you, because there's a lot of opportunity out there to make a lot of money in sales. And if you have certain techniques that you utilize, you can make sales in anything. You can utilize the resources that are available to you. And contact those people and make sales off of other people. What techniques right now do you find contribute to your success? So I think I think the biggest technique that people can utilize in, in driving revenue and driving sale is this. You have to be ready to give more value than you're asking for. So often you have a salesperson who wants to sell their product so bad that they're going to word vomit everything about their product, everything about their service, right? You might work for a startup, right? And you know, this, the, the show we're on, you know, it's about entrepreneurs. You might, you might have a six person office and you, you have two salespeople and they're excited because they're bought into the vision and the very first point they're going to word vomit, right? So what I do, what I practice now is I try to give way more value before I ever ask for a dollar. It's almost to the point where I've given you so much value that you, my client, 
you're like, man, I, I probably should pay you for everything I've learned from you at this point. I probably should pay you for all the value I've gotten you. So once you provide more value than you're asking for, it's no longer really selling. It's kind of just a mutual exchange. Like, hey, I've learned so much. I want to pay you for your time. And, you know, that's probably the number one thing that I practice right now. It's the number one thing that I teach. So for people who work for me, I'm definitely like, hey, what type of value are we bringing to our call today? When we leave this scenario, what is what is our customers going to say about us? And and for for my clients that work with me individually, you you know, they realize, hey, I've learned so much before I've ever asked for a dollar. And it's not because I'm afraid to ask for a dollar. It's almost I want to buy I want to buy a client for life. I want a fan for life. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, I think you got to give more value than you're taking. And so right now with your sales techniques and what you're using right now to generate leads and create wealth, how is it that you're making money right now as a salesperson? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I have, well, one, I'm not sure, you know, we put in the show notes. I just released a book called Catapulting Commissions, Achieve Your Next Sales Goal. And it's currently on its ring to be an international bestseller. I'll have a workbook that'll follow that. I do have a group coaching program where I tie individuals in and I bring in for a six week curriculum on how to achieve their next sales goal. So I do, that's probably my number one revenue producing way right now. I do some keynote speaking and I also offer individual one-on-one coaching. And that's really for a select, a select clientele as, you know, as I stated in the beginning of the show, I don't really coach sales professionals. I coach sales leaders or sales managers because I really want to help transition or transform your sales organization, but it's your ideas, Mm -hmm. not my ideas. We're just going to be the guys behind the scene and I'm going to help put it in place for you. So you're managing large sales teams and you've written your book. You do some keynote speaking, uh, some group coaching in the trajectory of your personal life or even your, your professional life. What has been the most challenging? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, I think it's what's been the most challenging thing to get the business up and running has been, um, you know, I'm burning the midnight oil, right? So I manage, like I said, a really highly complex, highly talented sales team. You know, let's just say 50 hours a week, 50, 60 hours a week. That's what it is. And then the remaining 20 or 30, I have it either dedicated to my clients, dedicated to my coaching program, or creating content for my blog or my podcast itself. So I am, I think the challenging thing right now is I'm burning midnight oil, right? I'm, I'm burning yeah, lights yeah. at both ends and I'm, and I'm building something uh, to combat that challenge. You know, it's, uh, I actually, I have a team already in place for Anthony Garcia Inc. for the Catapult and Commissions brand. And so when, when I started this brand, I, I went to a team, you know, I hired my team. And I said, look, I'm gonna hire you guys on board. You know, my, my goal is to have you help build this brand. So I'm building a whole separate sales team. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like, Hey, I want to go sell this book and, you know, I want to make a couple hundred grand and pay myself. It was like, no, I want to make a couple hundred million. And yeah. in order to do that, I need to multiply myself. And so I, I brought a team. So I think the biggest challenge was in my day, I have a, a team set up in place. I had to set up a whole new organization burning midnight oil. And that was probably the number one challenge. Cause at first yeah. it was, I'm gonna do it all myself. And it quickly became, this is impossible. And if I'm going to yeah. do it all myself, I'm never going to get done. So now I have a team in place. So that is one of the, some of the more challenging things that uh, entrepreneurs face, which is building the team. How did you go about in building your team? Cause I always like to know how somebody approaches a, a potential team member. Is it, is it like, Hey, I'm just going to pay you a salary. Are you going to be part of this organization? Are you going to get a straight up commission? How do you approach your team? What components within that team do you solicit and how do you value these team members as far as like, uh, uh, is it, is it just going to be a salary or are you, are they going to come in as, as a equity owner? 
Yeah, no, really good. So um, right now, you know, there is no there is no equity owners. Everybody that that works for me or works on my team is paid for a service. Um, and and I've strategically have kept it that way because I think you know if I ever do want to bring somebody on in a partner, um, you know, it would be it you know I, for a strategic long term vision, I want to protect as much equity as I can right now. So uh, first, I got connected. I'm in my own mastermind, or not my own, but I'm in a, a mastermind group that's helping me build this brand that really is giving me the the foundation to build it completely all over from scratch. And you know, you gotta be honest, Abel, this is my third business I've built. I built my first one when I was 22 years old. I learned some bumps and some challenges in there. I built mm-hmm. the second one when I was 30. And that one was just more of a seasonal project. I don't call it a business, but it was just more around the holidays. And then this third one that I've built, I was like, okay, let me just build it from the ground up. Really, once I got connected with my mastermind group, I just started asking for referrals. Who do you use for your marketing? Who do you use for your web design? Who do you use for blog management? Who do you use for your assistant? And so mm-hmm. I've, I interviewed multiple people. I found people that fit within my budget. And if I didn't find somebody that fit within my budget, I made somebody fit within my budget. Cause then I went to the local colleges and I said, look, I need a marketing guy. I need someone that's going to help design some of these projects for me. And here's the deal. I want to grow with you. My plan is to grow Anthony Garcia Inc. and the catapulting commissions brand to a nine figure business. I'm going to bring you in on the ground floor. And so the salesman and me came in and sold them on why they would want to work for me. And so I have a few people in that capacity that are doing work for me as well. That's an amazing approach. I mean, it's valuable information for people who want to build that business and build that team. Because if you look at it from that perspective of people who are eager, hunger, because, you know, sometimes when we're younger, we have that hunger. You get older, sometimes it dissipates because you want more time with your family and, you know, but in the, in the beginning, it's almost inveterate in all of us that we just want to build something. We want to create something and going to the colleges is a, man, that's a brilliant idea. You know, I didn't even think about that. And so just going out there and and trying to build your team that way, that's a brilliant idea. There is, there's entrepreneur clubs at colleges. It, It, people want to do this. They want that real world experience. So I went to a recent to an alumni event and, um, you know, I connected with somebody who was a journalism major she was struggling to find work. And I'm like, Hey, look, i gotta be honest with you. There's some copywriting for some future blogs that I'm looking at. You know, I don't need you to write my whole concept, but you know, let me share with you what I'm looking at and let's see if we speak the same language. She was ecstatic. The local entrepreneur, the local rotary club. I mean, there's so many people that want to learn how to be an entrepreneur. They're just afraid to take that risk. And so when they find someone who is being an entrepreneur and said, Hey, I'll show you, you know, I'll bring you in and, and to make people feel appreciated. I show them the back door. I'm like, Hey, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we profited. Here's what we lost or whatever the scenario is. And you share that. And I think once people buy into that vision of being part of a team, that's growing a nine figure business, it's really exciting to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. I tell you, if you work with me now, if I get in a position and the business takes off the way I anticipated, and I can bring you in as a six figure salary employee for the catapulting commissions brand, you, you're going to be the first person I'm going to hire because you've been with me from the ground up. You've proved yourself. You know, my work, I'm not even going to look outside. And so, um, but you know, that's all selling the dream. People have to buy into you and believe into what you're selling. So the copyright example, the copyright example that you just gave me, they want to get out there. They want to get their name out They're They're wanting to do, have some experience. Are Mm -hmm. you paying those people? No, some people I'm not. No, in that scenario, no. It was, hey, let me see what you have. Um, and if I will pay you, I'll pay you well, but let me see what you can produce. Okay. And so okay. sometimes it's in, in full disclosure, and, and I want to be respectful to this individual. Um, sometimes what people produce 
you're like, ah, there's a reason I didn't pay you for this. I appreciate it. And I'm going to continue to move forward. But I've also found some, we're like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. This is great stuff. We're going to put this out to the market. That's valuable information, man. That's great. I'm I'm just, uh, I'm taking in all your information also because I got some ideas. (laughs) I got some (laughs) ideas for myself as well. So the direction of your business right now, Anthony Garcia, Inc., the direction of where it's going, where do you see it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm just starting and I, and I'm really, I'm really comfortable with saying that, you know, um, in my corporate America, corporate America sales, I've very long tenure, very well respected, a lot of accolades. So it's like, okay, let me start Anthony Garcia Inc. from the ground up. Uh, so like I said, we just started the brand. We just started the book or just launched the brand, just launched the book, launched the podcast. Uh, first group coaching sessions coming up. Uh, so all of that's going, where is it going five, 10 years from now? Well, I, you know, I hope there's several more books that come behind it. I do like to see that the Anthony Garcia brand has become a household name when it comes to training and coaching high performing sales individuals. And it really becomes a niche of, I want to train the sales leaders. Right. I don't want to train your day one sales employee. I want to train the guy that, hey, he's been with me for two, three, four years. He's performing at a top level. He's going to manage the team soon. How do I get the most out of him? And Anthony Garcia, Inc. is going to help solve what I consider one of the biggest problems in sales professionals today. According to the U.S. Labor Board, 34% of sales professionals churn over within their first year on the job. Right. With, or I'm not within the first year, every year on the job. Let me rephrase that. 34% of sales professionals every year turn over. If you have a millennial that works for your organization and they're a salesperson, in the first 24 months of working with you, 51% are going to interview with another company. So how do you retain and how do you keep these people? And that really is the mission that I'm going to try to solve with Anthony Garcia, Inc. So you see it ascending. And right now you you have a vision of where you want to be. And so uh, I look at, I look at it as if right now you're nascent, you, you know, you have a cradle to grave type of situation where you're building it and uh, you want to see it as a household name. What in your career or your personal life, what was a pivotal moment in your life that said, Hey, you know what, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So as I was, I've always had multiple streams of income. There was always some form, some form of secondary string of income. And then um, my sales career started paying me really well to the point where the second stream of income was like, ah, I'm doing really well on this first stream. And I kind of let the second stream go. And uh, I took a major pay cut in, in, in a year in my professional career that was due to circumstances outside my control. And it was, it was a significant, it was, it was a significant pay cut to where it caused me to change the way I was living my life at home. I had to come home and say, we had to change some things, make some adjustments. And I sat at home and I talked with my wife and I was like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. My wife looked at me and she says, you are giving so much value to the world. Your phone never stops ringing. Your email never stops going off. You are constantly being asked how to coach people, how to give advice to people who are in your organization, to people outside of my organization that I've known from previous careers. Hey, can you help me on this project? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to increase my sales at my insurance agency. Can you help me with that, Anthony? Uh, I, you know, I'm just launching a marketing campaign. You know, can you come take a look at it? And I mean, these were calls that I was actually taking without even 
promoting myself. And I would take them and I would help people. I'm like, yeah, no worries, man. Let me, let me share with you all the goods. And uh, my wife looked at me and was like, you need to write a book and you need to find a way to monetize that because what you're doing and what you're giving, there's people that are cons- quote unquote consultants that charge a premium for this. And you're just doing this out of the goodness of your heart because you know these people. And so that really was where I was like, okay, I'm going to take a pay cut or an unwanted pay cut. And I'm never going to find myself in that position where I don't have a secondary stream of income ever again. And uh, if I am ever going to take a pay cut again in the future, it's going to be on my terms. I'm curious to know how much you started with. Did you start out with a lot of money? Did you do bootstrap it? Did you get a loan? How was it that you started? You know, so I, I've boot, I've bootstrapped my company. Um, you know, I was just, <laughs> I, I'm probably 80 grand, 85 grand into Anthony Garcia Inc. on my own. You know, I've uh, you know, and every bonus, any money that I had saved up, I invested into it. You know, I, I took a little bit of money out of retirement, and then uh, sold some sold some stocks. I had some stocks and. You know, I sat there and I was reading an article on Forbes was talking about when the right time is to sell stocks. And it uh, gave me a link to this entrepreneur article on, on how you can, and you know, how can you bet on yourself? And mm-hmm. at right around this time, there's a, a phenomenal entrepreneur named Peter Vogt, who, who I follow, who's a colleague of mine. And he had this whole mantra, bet on yourself, bet on yourself, bet on yourself. And so I'm sitting here and I'm looking, I'm like, man, I'm betting on the stock market. You know, I'm betting on this and uh, you know, I'm a bet on myself. And so I just, made a budget. I'm like, I'm gonna run this business. I'm gonna bet on myself. And, uh, you know, the, it's, uh, the more I've invested, the more I'm committed to making it succeed. You know, that's a, that's some great, that's a great story. Cause you think about it from a general perspective. I mean, people are always saving money and they're putting it away and they're, they're investing in other companies and, and you invest in yourself and you're going out there and doing what it is. First of all, what you love, man, it, that's, that's, that's the American dream right there. You know what right now keeps you motivated? Yeah. So I am 100% motivated by the family I have. See, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't born into money. I wasn't raised into money. I have every reason in my personal background to say I can be a statistic, right? I, I should, I shouldn't have graduated college. Shouldn't have gone to graduate school. Shouldn't have done this. There's so many distractions growing up and some way, shape, form or another, I put myself in a position to, to provide for my family. Well, now I look at my family and I'm saying, okay, how can I, how can I level this up? How can I give you the opportunities that I dreamed of as a kid and I've dreamed up as an adult? And so it truly is, can I work my tail off for a few years for my family? That way I can enjoy some times at the end of my life or at the end of my time. And it really, it really does, you know, my daughter right now is in is in Taekwondo. She's testing for her black belt at the end of this year. She's done some sparring tournaments and I've missed, I've never missed a tournament, but there's been some practices that I've missed because of commitments or, or, or the, the grind of, of, you know, building an organization and and managing a large sales team. And I've looked at it and I said, you know what, I'm going to create a business that I don't ever have to miss this on my terms. And that's what I've been doing. That really is the motivation. I want things done on my terms. So, you know, the uh, balancing your, your life with your business and personal life, what are some of the habits that you're doing on a regular basis you feel contribute to your success? Yeah, I think one of the big habits is I micro everything. So I take a look at everything I need to do for the day. And for me to say, okay, at the end of this day, I feel productive. What did I do? And instead of, you know, I used to, and when I was newer, not even newer, when I was younger and, and, 
less experience. I would sit down and have this to-do list as, as many entrepreneurs have or, or professionals. And I would just go through this to-do list one by one by one by one by one. Whatever I didn't finish, I'd move it to the next day and, and keep it going, right? And that's, that's a great, great habit. And, and, and it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's almost the basics. I got to the point, I says, okay, what are the four things that I'm going to complete before 9 a.m. today? That's oh, it. Time limit. These are the four things I'm going to complete before 9 a.m. And that, that was it. Everything else, I prioritized what I needed. Those are the four things that I finished. Then I moved to my next block. So it really became an hour, two hour segment. What can I complete? So for example, this morning, I was up about 4 a.m. I had to get some, uh, some emails and some, some performance metrics out to, to my current team. And so between 4.30 and 6.30, I, I knocked off a lot of things on my to-do list that I was wanting to get done. Went to the gym to work out at 7, finished about 8, came home, showered, had some breakfast, boom, 8.30 to 10.30. What are the things that I need to accomplish in this window? And since I've compartmentalized my strategy, I get a lot more done. And I never feel overwhelmed. I know there's always stuff to do, uh-huh. but it's never that, that gloom where you just sit down. You're like, man, this legal pad of to-do notes never ends, right? <laughs> I just, I put things in that. So I micro them. That's probably the number one productivity habit that I've implemented within the last year and has been really helpful. So I always like to ask, you know, of course, the, the good habits, the habits that you have that are conducive to your success. I always want to know also some of the bad habits that you've done that uh, are not as conducive. You know, it's what's interesting about coming from a sales background is you, know, you get some really nice commission checks, right? And, and the, the higher the game, the higher the level. I mean, you know, I, I've had, you know, and I haven't had a seven figure commission check yet, but everything else between, between, you know, a $1 commission check all the way to a six figure commission check, I've experienced that, that, that glory. And uh, the bad habits that come with that is, Hey man, here's the info, right? Boom. We're going to deposit, you know, 75 grand into your account on Friday your bills are paid. Everything's in lined up. You're doing great. You know, you're a sales professional. You have a nice salary, but you know, I don't have 75 grand worth of expenses. <laughs> and I was a young guy and I was like, Oh, I can have some fun with this. And so that bad habit that I developed, I spent a lot of money. I had really bad money management habits was probably the number one bad habit that, um, that has, uh, that held me back. I think if I was smarter in my younger days with my money management, um, I definitely would be in a little bit of a different position than I am today. I'm 36 years old. Uh, but, you know, as a 26 year old or 27 year old, mm-hmm. if I can go back and talk to myself, then I'd be in good position. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're not the only <laughs> entrepreneur that has said that, you know, money management because things fluctuate so much, especially in sales and, uh, you know, proper money management. A lot of times, even like uh, people like Gary V, he talks about, you know, you're making money one day and then you go out and we buy that Ferrari or that car, or the new shoes or the new pumps or whatever it is. And then you go out and, and buy all this stuff. And then the next month you're, you're struggling in your, in, in the trajectory of your career. Have you found that there was anything, or I should say, even in your personal life, was there anything that was holding you back? It, it's funny you ask this because I talk about it in, in my book and I talk about who's in your power circle of influence. Who's in your sphere of influence. Who's influencing you in my earlier age, my earlier part of my career, my sphere of influence or people that were influencing me, uh, they were, they were buddies. I had, I had fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, I had fun. I had a social life. We were doing things, but the direction I wanted to go for my life wasn't lining up with what I was doing outside of work, if that makes sense. So, you know, if I wanted to work and grind and and try to hit numbers and hit metrics and make significant money, 
yeah, it wasn't ideal for me to, Hey, I'm gonna go join you guys at 3 PM for happy hour, drink till nine o'clock, hang out, be social and, uh, wake up tomorrow with a hangover or, um, or, you know, it, it was, Hey, I'm, I can't go to Vegas every weekend with you guys just because it's fun. And there was just, there was a certain lifestyle that, that I had to get rid of to, to become who I wanted to become. Um, I, th- I think that's probably the biggest thing is that sphere of influence. I found myself in a circle of people that I love and respect it, but I made the most money. And I was like, huh, for me to want to make more money, I want to get to a higher level. I want to surround myself with people who make more money than me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it might, it, it sounds vain, but the truth is, is I wanted to level up my network. I wanted to say, okay, who's the billionaire I could get next to that can teach me the steps. And, and, you know, some of the guys that, 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 you know, I follow and I learn a lot from, you know, if you want to learn to be a millionaire, ask a billionaire. And that really became like, Hey, you know what? Let me, let me level up my game because right now I'm hanging out with thousandaires. That's <laughs> not going to get it done for where I want to be in life. And so, uh, I changed my sphere of influence. Yeah. So you talk about how, people in your life, they influence you and how certain things in your life have held you back in your experience. What do you think holds people back with regards to sales? I think the fear of failure causes people to not want to move forward. I think the fear of failure will hold you back from ever achieving anything great. People get so scared to put themselves out there. They get so scared to go and get hurt, told to know that that prevents them from committing to greatness. Right. And we find this level of complacency that, that sales professionals fall into. I know I'm good. I know I can make a decent living, but I just got to stay within this, this box. I got to stay within this little safe comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And anyone who pushes me outside of that comfort zone is bad for me. Well, I'm the guy that pushes you outside that comfort zone. And when I push you outside that comfort zone, the first question I said, well, what are you afraid of? Well, I mean, I have no problem working, man, but what are you afraid of? You don't want to fail because you've developed some status. You've become successful, right? You've made some decent money and to put yourself out there again, the fear of failure holds you back. You just think about it. Every time you find yourself in a complacent, comfortable position, is it by choice? Or is it because you're afraid to take the next step? And I think salespeople are often afraid to take that next step because it gets harder. Just like, you know, I mentioned my daughter's Taekwondo. If we were to make sales all the way to black belt sales, right? And, and, and master levels in sales, as you climb up those ranks of the belt, the competition gets harder. The stakes get harder. The money gets bigger. So yeah. sometimes salespeople are like, hey, I'm a really good blue belt. I want to be in the middle of the, I, I'm great here. I'm content. I'm not ready to go play with those guys that make a hundred grand a month in commission. Why not? Exactly. What's what's holding you back? So that fear, you know, just like you mentioned earlier, how you quit that job, you know, there was a lot of fear involved with regard to where am I going to, am I going to make the same amount of money? Am I going to fail? But you had to overcome that, you know, and a lot of times people will get fired and they have to be put into the situation where they have to persevere. And so being complacent in a job, for example, may not get you that hunger that you want to advance and just stay within that box. Like you were telling me, what is some of the best advice that you say you've received? The best advice I received came from a colleague of mine, but it was quoted from Tony Robbins, which is really funny, right? So it's not Tony Robbins that gave me the advice, but a colleague of mine introduced me to this advice. 
and I've written it down and it's something I've truly been practicing. And what it goes is people often overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. And I really looked at that. And recently when it became 2020, this whole decade challenge, people looking back at where they were 10 years ago, this quote never hit me better. I'm like, man, you're absolutely right. People completely underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. They overestimate what they can accomplish in one year. And, and you know, as, as I've joined into this venture of entrepreneurship and, and, putting, and putting this book out and, and building this brand, it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, well, what's next? You know, it, it's not like, a, hey, I started this book and boom, tomorrow I'm on, I'm on, you know, on New York Times or, or on <laughs> Forbes, on the cover of Forbes. It doesn't start that way, but it will end that way. How do I get there? I commit to the 10 year vision, the 20 year vision, not the one year. That is vision. definitely long-term. Yeah. I mean, you look at it because people want that instant gratification. They want to be able to be successful right away, have that video that goes viral, make the million dollars. And that's why, you know, you go to companies like ClipFunnels or you know, all these affiliate type programs where everything is just like, oh man, you're going to make a lot of money really quick. You just got to do this. And so Sometimes you, sometimes it happens. I mean, there's a lot of times that people go out there and they make a lot of money through these types of programs. You think about it, you got to put in the time also. You got to make sure that, you know, you're grinding, you have that vision, that goal, and you're just hitting the ground. I'd like to end this podcast usually by identifying some words of wisdom. I know that you, you've given us plenty to work with, but three components of, of rules that you live by. Financially, I'll say this, and this, and uh, I would love to take this as my idea, but it's not. I believe it was Nathan Latka's, and 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 uh, I'll have to double check that one. But I read it in a book not too long ago, I say within the past year, and uh, I really have lived by it. If I can't afford to buy it six times, then I'm not buying it one time. And if you live your life that way, right? You're like, oh, it's pretty easy, right? If, you know, we're gonna buy a pair. Of, you know, let's say I want to buy a new pair of jeans, and I find a pair of jeans for a hundred dollars. Can I buy six of them? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna buy a pair of jeans. Let's say I want to go buy a new ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar watch. Can I buy that six times today in cash? And if the answer is no, then no, right? You're, so that that financial um, strategy has really helped a lot. I mean, it it has changed my whole financial future to the point where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I can't buy you six times. I'm not gonna buy you once. And it forces. It's a forced savings program. Um, I think another sound advice that I would share with anybody who ever works in any organization is you never know who you're going to work for and you never know who's going to work for you. You only have one professional reputation protected at all costs. I've seen people and, and I've made this mistake myself where I have, you know, I've joked around and, and I've, I've made myself not look in the right limelight to a colleague or a peer and boom, hey, this person's your boss. Oh, that's, that's not going to work out. So uh, now I have to fix this person's perception of who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we often talk that when you get into a sales mentality or in, into a sales culture, perception is reality, right? What do your peers perceive about you? What do your customers perceive about you? And if you can't create the perception that you want, then you're going to get the one that people think you are. So you never know who's going to work for you. And I think the last thing, man, is, is family first, health first, yourself first. Be selfish in life. And there's not a lot of people that want to say that because it's you know taboo. And, and I even started by saying, hey, I want to give more value than I ever asked for, right? And, and I truly believe that. But I'll tell you this much, Abel, I'm selfish. I want to protect myself, my family, and, I, and my health first. So there's a lot of things where I'm like, no, man, 
if this isn't, if this isn't productive for the direction I want to go in my life or my family or my health or my wealth, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. And by being selfish and protecting your own health and protecting yourself first, you'll be in a better position to help people in the long run anytime. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you know, people love giving and want to give advice and want to give finances and want to support. And, and don't get me wrong, right? I, on top of all this, you know, I run a nonprofit as well and, and I'm very engaged in different areas, but I could never do that if I didn't take care of myself first and didn't take care of my health and my finances at home first. Truly, truly valuable information. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. So my website's catapultingcommissions.com. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook uh, or LinkedIn. It's Anthony P as in Paul Garcia, 99. You can catch me on there. You can subscribe to my blog and I do a video blog. So I don't do a traditional, typical email blog. I do truly a video blog that I share every week, post it on YouTube, post it on social media. You'll be able to find that there. You can even just look up the hashtag catapulting commissions and you'll find everything you need to find about me. Well, there you go, guys. Anthony Garcia, a true sales professional. If you want to get a hold of him and uh, you want to learn more about his coaching techniques, uh, be sure and check out his book. You're an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration to our listeners. And I'm very excited and very happy that you came on the show today. Thank you very much. Abel, thank you, man. Awesome. Hey guys, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you haven't checked out our website, thecreativeentrepreneur.net, check it out. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.